98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Let's run through it. Top stories of the day here on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona sports station. We do this at 4 o'clock every day. We start with the Phoenix Suns in this 4 o'clock reset. NBA media day today for the Suns, and they are back. Everybody was there except for star Devin Booker. He tested positive for COVID-19 and is now in health and safety protocols. He assured his viewers on his Twitch stream last night that he's fine. Honestly, yeah, I'm feeling straight, man. The only thing that I'm doing with no taste, no smell, which is the worst part of it, but I'm about a weekend. I'm going to be back in no time, no time, no time. So he was the only one who didn't report. Training camps will start yeah. without him. Listen, I mean, a few extra days, you know, for him for rest. I mean, almost blessing of the guys. I mean, he, he went to the NBA Finals. He went to the Olympics. They won the gold medal. I mean, a couple extra days rest isn't going to hurt him. Uh, and like he said, he'll be back in no time. DeAndre Eaton and his extension. It hasn't happened yet. And speaking of max extensions, the Denver Nuggets have given the max to Michael Porter Jr. Crazy. Five years, $207 million. Could be worth up to 207 if he makes an All-NBA team. There are now four players from the 2018 draft class who have signed max rookie extensions. Luka Doncic, Trey Young, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, and now Michael Porter Jr. Let me play the Aiton cut, and then I want to get your reaction to this. Here's Aiton with Wolf and Luke today. If DeAndre, if a potential extension is on Aiton's mind. I want to represent my city, my team, and... You know, I'm expecting something to get done so that we as a team can finish where we started, which is bringing a championship to Phoenix. I think when he was playing so well in the playoffs and, and, and Chris Paul was talking about getting him a bag of money and all of that stuff, I don't think we, we felt like we'd be you know approaching October and a deal wouldn't be done. you got time to negotiate. I believe that you can negotiate right up until the first game of the regular season. I believe you can. Um, I would, you know, the fact that something hasn't been done likely means that they have not offered him a max extension. If they offer him a max extension, he's, he accepts it and his whole thing's done. I would think up to this point they haven't. They still might. Yeah. Uh, but this is, I, I don't think that, you know, DeAndre wants to play this thing out for two more years. I think if they offer him a great deal, especially a max, he'll just take it and it will be, be done. Four teams now in the NBA that have three players on max contracts. The Nuggets become the fourth joining Brooklyn with KD, Harden, and Kyrie, uh-huh. Golden State with Steph, Clay, and Andrew Wiggins, and, of course, the Lakers with LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. Those are the four teams that have three players on max deals. 85-80 win for the Mercury yesterday. They advanced to the final four of the WNBA Finals. They will take on the number 2 seed Las Vegas Aces in the semifinals round. So congratulations to Diana and Brittany. Did and she end up playing yesterday? I saw she, she did. was warming up before the game. She ended, she ended up, up playing, playing she yesterday? Ended up playing. I watched some of that overtime. She actually ended up playing very well in overtime. Good. That was huge. Trade in the NFL today. The Jacksonville Jaguars sending cornerback C.J. Henderson, the ninth pick in the 2020 draft, to Carolina in exchange for tight end Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold. You can't stop Dan Arnold. Get out of here with that. That's I know. crazy. It just shows you, man, those rookie cornerbacks. Yeah. Like, Jeff Okuda wasn't good, he, and he's hurt now. C.J. Henderson traded already? You just drafted him in the first round. Yeah, but you know it's what? Ur- risk, risky to take a cornerback in the first round. Risky. Urban Meyer didn't draft him, and there must have been something about C.J. Henderson that he just didn't like because you only got Dan Arnold, Dan Arnold for a ninth pick overall in the draft in a draft that's barely a year old. Crazy. I just wonder if cornerback is going to become one of those positions that you just... 
teams are less likely to take guys in the first round. Maybe. ASU gets their first conference win, 35-13 over Colorado on Saturday. Herm Edwards said today that running back Chip Tranum, cornerback Chase Lucas, and wide receiver Brian Thompson are going to play after injuries held them out against Colorado. ASU's got UCLA on the road Saturday night. Big, yeah. big game. Yeah, and UCLA got the yeah, they got their big win, so they you know they they bounced back after a loss. So uh, this will be a big matchup. I mean, ASU kind of got off the snide. I thought they played pretty well overall against Colorado. Uh, you know, put them away when they had to. We'll discuss more about ASU and U of A in the Pac-12 tomorrow, of course. But I thought that was a good win. I was fairly impressed with the way they played against against the Buffaloes. But our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show: The Arizona Cardinals are three and zero, and AJ Green says it's all that matters. Man, we're three and zero. Um, that's all that matters, man. We we can clean up those stuff. Uh, whatever we're doing, um, we keep winning, keep putting putting this thing together, man. Um, sky's the limit for us. Yeah, it's funny to hear Kyler and Cliff both talk yesterday about how you know maybe a year ago, two years ago. This was a game that the Cardinals wouldn't have won. But instead, despite all of that kind of adversity they had to overcome yesterday, being down two scores late in the third quarter, not only did they win, they won comfortably. They put 30 or more points up, 400 yards of offense beyond, 40, 400 yards plus yards of offense. Uh, you, you, to just look at the box score, you would think they kind of dominated the game. They didn't. But statistically, they ended up kind of having their way with Jacksonville when it was all said and done. They did. They did. And, you know, it's hard to win three games in a row. It's hard to win on the road. I know Jacksonville was bad, and we talked all week long about the trap game. I think the leadership was a big key, right? I mean, you know, to, to you know, having that leadership, you know, you talked about, oh, we, we, we wouldn't have won that game two years ago. Why? Why? Why wouldn't you have won that game two years ago? They've matured. They've grown up. And it's not just adding J.J. Watt and A.J. Green and guys like that. It's the maturity of other players on the roster. It's, it's very important that those guys grow up. They, they understand the importance of taking these games, not taking these games lightly. You got to get a win. Yeah, three and zero compared to two and one is a big deal, especially when you look at the schedule you got coming up. Yeah, I, I mean, yesterday it, it was it was a must win game. We talked about that all week long. It was a trap game. We talked about that all week long. And when they're down nineteen to ten, and when they're on the wrong side of a one hundred and nine yard kick six, and when they're on the wrong side of an eight play seventy five yard drive in which every single play was a running play, and James Robinson just absolutely mauled them. I was worried. I, I mean, I, I don't want it, to. It's easy to look at a 31 19 final score in which the Cardinals, you know, put up the numbers that they did and think, ah, there was really nothing to worry about. I was worried about that game yesterday late in the third quarter. Yeah. I was worried they were going to humiliate themselves in Jacksonville. And then, bang, bang, 91 seconds. Bang. It happened so fast mm-hmm. how quickly they turned that game. 91 seconds, they turned it around, and they got the, you know, they got the, they responded in a big way. They got a nice touchdown drive, 75 yards, two big plays by Kirk, get the touchdown run by Connor. Now you're only down 19-17. Then the huge interception for a return for a touchdown by Murphy, dumb play by, by, by Trevor Lawrence, worst call by, by the Jaguars, Bevel and Urban Meyer. And all of a sudden, now you're at 24-19. And then you put the game away with that 65-yard drive with the big, that was where you had the big jump ball to A.J. Green and the fourth down decision by Cliff to go for it. And then you, you put the game away. So they, they kind of got hot late and put it out of reach. You got a break from the Jaguars. And then, listen, not that the Jaguars didn't get a break from the Cardinals. The Jaguars got a break from the Cardinals on a 109-yard return of a missed field goal. 
And then the Cardinals got the break, which you probably expected more of Trevor Lawrence's struggles. They turned the ball over four times in this game. But that was a big play by Byron Murphy, gets in the end zone, and literally in a matter of 91 seconds, you went from down two scores to a head for good. Urban Meyer on the flea flicker. Yeah, I always tell Bev to be aggressive. Um, as I've always told my coordinators all along the years, is, you know, let me be the overruler of, you know, be the aggressive guy. And and I heard it come over the headset, and I, and I, I you know, I just, we, I, obviously I didn't stop it. And then I looked up and I saw DJ behind the defense. You know, we were behind him. It was it was a big one. And then I look up and the ball is picked. So, you know, it's the decision I've made a long time ago is be aggressive and you know you got to be smart but be aggressive. Hmm. He heard it. I heard it come across the headset. Could have stopped it. Could have. Could have. We're talking about the flea flicker that turned into the pick six for Byron Murphy. It was the play of the game. It was the thing that swung it all. It made absolutely no sense stylistically when you were talking about a Jags football team that bludgeoned the Cardinals with James Robinson in the series prior to it. You would think they'd want to come out and continue to establish that run dominance, and instead they got tricky for a 12-yard play. I'm watching that highlight right now. It was a 12-yard out to the tight end. It was a duck. He threw a duck. You could have picked that off. It was a duck. He just lobbed it up in the air. It was nothing on it because of the pressure from J.J. Watt. Listen, you may want to try that. If you're if you're behind and nothing's going right, you try that play. It doesn't make any sense to try that play when you're ahead and you're so dominant on the ground after that A-play drive. Yeah. It really didn't make any sense at all that they would do that. So I'm I'm really baffled by by that decision. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he is not going to win NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and I don't need Gambo and his time travel machine to come back and tell me that. And he's not going to win MVP either. He's not going to be featured on Nickelodeon. But Kyler Murray still proved he's taken the strides he needs to take with another good performance out of Kyler. We'll talk about him next on the Burns and Gambo show. Only only in our state of high expectations can we look at a guy who completed 82.3% of his passes for over 300 yards and go, eh, yeah. seen better. <laughs> right? Hey, I know. <laughs> only with because Kyler Murray. Because you have seen better. Yeah, can, can we look? 80% plus completion, 300 plus yards. Oh, yeah, he's, he's okay. You know, because Kyler didn't have any of those how the hell did he just do that kind of place? You know, after having a crap ton of them in weeks one and weeks two, there wasn't one of those, oh my God, how did he do that kind of plays yesterday? Instead, no. it was very steady, very consistent, very outside of the interception, which, you know... What play stands out the most that Kyler had? The jump ball to A.J. Green? Yeah, and even that... And that was just was, a jump ball. That was kind of a jump ball. Underthrown, A.J. Green, and AJ had, to, Green had to make the play. Totally stop and make the play on that. He ended up looking like a center fielder more than anything else trying yeah. to catch a fly ball. I, I, I'm baffled by the... He's got 70 rushing yards through three games. I mean, 70 through three. Like, he's not on pace for... And I want to look it up, but he's... Got to be on pace for about 350 rushing he, yards, he something had, like that. He had more than twice as many last year through three games. Yeah, but I think it's a product of what this offense is now. I don't think it's a. I think by, by it was by Kyler ran a lot these last two years by necessity. I agree. Was, yeah, you know, one there wasn't anything open, and two he didn't read the defenses very well, so he would he wouldn't stay in the pocket as much. He would just take off when his first read wasn't there. Now. 
He could go through his progressions. He could wait. He could find guys open, and his guys open everywhere. So I think there's not the need to run. Now, there might be a game sure. where he has to do it. I expect there will be a couple of games where he has big rushing uh, numbers, but for the most part, he hasn't had to run. And you mentioned it last week. The more the running is just getting out of the pocket and scrambling to buy time rather than trying to get down the field and gain yardage. And I didn't even feel like he did a lot of that yesterday. No, no. I can't remember him doing a lot of scrambling within the pocket or behind the line of scrimmage to buy time. It seemed like a fairly kind of efficient outing for him. Chuck Harris tweeted this out earlier. I want to give him credit because he kind of put the side-by-side comparisons. The reason why Kyler is probably not running as much is, is to your point, he doesn't have to. Through three games, the first three games this season compared to the first three games of last season, his completion percentage last year, 66.4. This year, 76.5. 10 percentage points higher. Uh, this year, or last year, yards, 786. This year, 1,005. 200, 220 more through three games. Touchdowns, last year, four. This year, seven. Interceptions are the same, four and four. And then the rushing yards. Last year at this time through three games, Kyler Murray had 187 yards rushing. This year he only has 70. Why? Why run when you're throwing for 200 more yards, when you're completing 10% more of your passes through three games? You don't need to. Better offensive line for protection. Mm -hmm. More weapons on offense. And a better understanding and grasp of the offense to where you don't have to just focus on one receiver. You can go through reads and program. It's pretty simple. That's the big one for me. I mean, not to diminish the the offensive line, because that certainly is a factor in this. Kyler's evolution as a quarterback, I mean, you're seeing it on display. I, I tweeted out earlier, you wanted to see it. We found it. Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com went and found it for us. The chart. I, the chart, his, his spray chart, if you will, from where he's. it's the same as it's been all season long, scattered all over the field. Not one side dominant, not one wide receiver dominant. He's looking for everybody, and he's seeing the entire field. That is exactly what we needed out of Kyler Murray. Going to keep saying it, so I'm blue in the face. That's what we needed him to do. Yeah, and that's what he's doing. And now, then again, there may be games when he might have to run a little bit more because you're playing against the great secondary, and or you got a wide receiver hurt for whatever reason. There may be games you may just be, look. It might be next week against the Rams. You know, you might need him to get out of the pocket and get away from Aaron Donald. You may design some plays to get away from Aaron Donald. Yeah, really. You know, with this offense, especially, you know, I know Justin Pugh is going to try to play. I would imagine he's going to try to play uh, after he turned into a pretzel yesterday on that, that 109-yard return. Uh, he hurt his back. Um, but if you're down a couple offensive linemen, I mean, that's that's a tough chore going up against the Rams defense. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, here's Cliff Kingsbury on with Wolf and Luke talking about Kyler's evolution as a quarterback. I'd say a little of both. Um, we've added some some really good weapons. Um, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, you know, Chase Edmonds, what he's been doing, James Conner. And so the ball is just going uh, to the appropriate place, and, and uh, each guy's making plays. A lot of attention going to Hop, as we know, and that's opening up these other guys. And, and it's been fun to watch Christian Kirk and AJ, you know, have the days they ha- had yesterday. And then, as a follow-up, they asked him if Cliff, if he has learned anything new about Kyler Murray. I mean, I, I've seen his work ethic, what he's put into it. You know, the competitiveness. I mean, he he just continued to grind. He wasn't um, used to losing when he mm-hmm. got to this league, and he's had to learn to deal with that and continue to get better, and that's what he's done. And so it's the progression that I think we've wanted to see, and um, he's on the right track. we got a long way to go, but I, I like what I've seen so far. Yeah, how could you not? I mean, how could you not, how could you not like what you've seen? Just the developments, the improvements. I mean, you're 3-0, and and 
uh, you know, you just can just continue to improve and get better. I mean, the, you look at the quarterback in Kyler in the third year and how important it is. He, he's off to a great start. Mm-hmm. He's off to a great start. When you talk about, is he going to get the extension? He's going to make $40 million. Is he the next Josh Allen? Let, there's a lot of games left to be played, but he's off to a really good start. No one's complaining. I don't think he did anything. Like, you know what we're not going to hear this week? We're not going to hear the, oh, Kyler Murray's an MVP favorite. Because he he had one touchdown. He had one touchdown. So I don't think you're going to hear a lot. More, no. more of the raving is going to be about Matthew Stafford and the Rams this week than it is about Kyler and the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, if you look at his cumulative stats and where he ranks compared to all the other quarterbacks in the league, you could use that as your MVP argument for Kyler. But I agree with you. He's, he's not going to get – there's not going to be a lot of conversation about the greatness of Kyler Murray this week because, again, he, he – he, it's it sounds kind of boring – to say it, but the brilliance of Kyler Murray this week was kind of in the boring. I mean, it was sort of in the in the you know he completed a bunch of passes. He threw for over three hundred yards. But when you asked me a moment ago what his signature play was from yesterday, the signature play was actually the play made by AJ Green. It wasn't by Kyler Murray. I mean, he made lots of good plays, but none that made your eyeballs fall out of their sockets. None that made you go, "Oh my God, I can't believe what I just saw." And that's the secret sauce of Kyler Murray, right? That's the stuff that gets people talking that about him. That he could him. win a game, put up 30 points. I mean, the offense, and you just, you know, you're just looking at it. I mean, the offense was was good. I mean, they put up a lot of yards. They they ended up with 407 yards and 31 points, and we're not raving about Kyler Murray? Yeah, we're not. They had 400 and, now, you know, 31 points. One of them, seven of them was sure. an interception return for a touchdown. But still, the offense put up over 400 yards. Sure. And we're not raving about Kyler. Did what he had to do. He managed the game very well. Yeah, he spread the ball around. I will say, if I can nitpick for a sec, yeah, that interception, the second straight week now, where it kind of had this. Not I, I kind of had this. Eh, I don't really see anything happening in front of me. So what the heck? Let's just chuck it down the field and see what happens. You know, kind of it kind of had a recklessness kind of feel to it. Whereas last week, I know he blamed the referees for getting hit in the head and said that had something to do with it. He didn't get yeah, hit in the, the head this but, week. But where was that interception? It was at the goal line. It was on the, yeah. Throwing in a double coverage. I mean, I, I'd much rather have that there than him throwing that ball from his own 10-yard line and getting picked well, off. Well, yeah, I just, I, he's got four of them now. And that's just okay. one of those things where, you know, at some point you're going to have to need to pull back on that a little bit and that... That I mean, he threw in a double coverage and there was nothing there. Pash on the play-by-play call, you could see it. There wasn't anything that was going to come well, of you that know play this. at all, and he threw if, it. If he has an interception like that and they lose a game by three points or seven points, it's going to get magnified. Big time. That's going to get magnified. Big time. A career day for one cornerback was the feature performance of the defense. The unit as a whole completely dominated the second half of that game, save for one drive. We'll talk about that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. And for that, Mitch is back with us here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station and the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. And as always, you can find all things Burns and Gambo on our Twitter page at Burns and Gambo. One word is where you can find it, the Twitter poll, various questions you want to interact with the show and Mitch has our Twitter poll question of the day. Mitch, what you got? Yeah, I've got it somewhere. Hold on. All right, there it is. So if you're just tuning in today and you haven't heard the poll question yet, or if you haven't been to Burns and Gamble's Twitter page yet, the question we have today has to do with maybe the most 
memorable moment from yesterday's Cardinals game. Do you ever want to see Matt Prater attempt a 68-yard field goal again? <laughs> and we've got four options okay, for Okay, four options. Do you three. ever want to see Matt Prater attempt a 68-yarder again as long as you live? Okay. And we've got three of them are yes, one of them's no. Here are the qualifiers. Yes, but only at the end of a game. Okay. Yes, in order to retake the record that he just lost yesterday to Justin Tucker. Don't care 66er. about that. I'm with Gambo. I don't care about that. Yes, because he actually almost had it. And no, we can't afford another kick six. Yeah, kick it, man, kick it. He's got the distance. I would say yes because he, I I think it's in there. I I think he's capable of hitting from that distance. Now, maybe now I know he had a conversation with a special teams coach. Apparently, the ball carries very well there. Now, a lot of people were saying, "Hey, if you want to try that, great. Just not." Outside and not at sea level, you know, take it inside and maybe get yourself a little elevation so you can get a little more carry on the ball. I, I don't I don't mind them trying it again as long as they're a little more cognizant of the ramifications if they fail. And yesterday, having all of those big dudes on the field, and, and that probably is going to be the case the next time they attempt a long field goal like that, they just got to be a little better prepared for the disaster that struck yesterday because yeah. they weren't prepared for it. Well, yesterday. yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, obviously, um, that that should be. If that gets stopped, what, what are we talking about? Uh, he tried it. He came up a yard short. Damn, he almost hit a 68-yard. That guy's got some leg. That's great. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, our favorite uh, former kicker in the NFL, by the way, has voted on the poll question. Ali Hajishik? No. Jay Feely. Oh, has texted us and has said only in Denver will he get him to sixty yards. You always told me he's just saying that because he was just there and he knows the weather right now. Come on, yeah. Jay. <laughs> Jay, there should be a fifth option. Yes, only in Denver. That's the only place you want to yeah. try one of those. I thought you like Neil Rackers better. Didn't you always say you like Neil Rackers better? Uh, come on, Jay's my guy. Jay's okay. my guy. Yeah, Ollie Chic. I still, I still have horror <laughs> stories about the Chandler Cantonzero versus Blair Walsh game all those Sunday nights ago here in Arizona. Yeah, well, yeah, I remember that. I don't, want, I don't want him kicking sixty-eight yards. That's for sure. He what are the res- twenty? What are the results so far? The results. Uh, we said it was very close earlier, and it's still very close. The leader still is yes because he almost had it at thirty-three point four percent. Not far behind at thirty-two point one percent is yes, but only at the end of the game. 24.1% still say no because we can't afford another kick six. 10.4% say yes to take back the record. All right. Uh, thank you for putting that poll question together and thank you, Jay, for listening to the show. And you did a fine job yesterday, by the way, calling that <clears throat> Broncos-Jets game. I was watching Oh my God! The on the Reds. Oh, the Jets are... The Giants, three, too. These, these rookie quarterbacks are terrible. The, the Jets and the Giants. The Giants are terrible. They're 0-3. The Jets are 0-3. Both seasons are 0-3. You're, you're over. You're done. You wait for the draft pick. I mean, Zach Wilson doesn't look good. Trevor Lawrence doesn't look good. Mac Jones, ugh. Justin Fields looked terrible. Oof. Yep. This, this is what you get when you want to rush these young quarterbacks into, want to play, want to play. Okay. You know, and you know what? Look at the 49ers really easing Trey Lance into this, aren't That's they? That's the right way to go. Really slow playing it with Trey Lance. Big time. Big time. Uh, let's talk about the Cardinals' defense for a bit. Okay. Uh, we Pro football focus, kind of using their own system, has... The Arizona defense as the seventh best so far this NFL. Yes. Uh, I looked at the stats. Points per game, they're 11th. Yards per game, they're 11th. Rushing yards per game, they're like fourth from the bottom. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But a lot like what we've seen so far this year with the Cardinals defense. We have seen them be very 
good at times, but these brief moments where they're not, and it really hurts them. Like, okay, but that's most teams in the league, I yeah, think. First half against the Vikings, they weren't very good. They were much better in the second half. Yesterday against the Jags, outside of that one series where James Robinson ran the ball down their throat, I thought the Cardinals' defense was great yesterday, yeah. and it was great individual performances yesterday. I like to take it with a grain of salt. Like, how did Kansas City's defense look yesterday? Terrible. How did the Bucks, Tampa Bay's defense look? Not yesterday? good. Like, they're like it's it's hard to have a great defense in the league this day. These offenses are so complex, and there's so much talent on the field, and you know it's really set up for it's really set up for offenses to thrive in the league. So it's you know you just happen to have a, you just hoping to have a good defense. I don't know that we're going to have these. You know, the, the great defenses of the past, they're going to be hard to come by. You may get one every once in a while, but, man, they're going to be, you know, hard to come by. You know, Seattle, not too long ago, the, the Legion of Boom, right? That was a great defense. We saw the Bears in 85, the Giants in 86, the Ravens in 2000. We've seen some unbelievable defenses, but I just think it's a lot harder now based on the rules and just how these offenses are set up. You're going to have a lot of bend but don't break defenses. You know, and they've got to come, you got to come up with plays. The, the Cardinals, the biggest play of the game was an interception return for a touchdown by Byron Murphy. It was the biggest play of the game. And then at the end of the game, you forced two fumbles. You yeah. forced two fumbles on them. So, you know, you get the takeaways, you got the pressure. J.J. Watt didn't get a sack, but he had his best game as a Cardinal. He was totally very agree. disruptive in that game. Yep, totally agree. He was everywhere yesterday. Cliff Kingsbury called the defense in the second half dominant. We'll have to look at the film and see, but I thought, you know, for the most part, um, in the second half, we were dominant defensively, and um, it's the NFL. Teams are going to have drives, and that's just how it goes, particularly when we kept putting the defense in bad situations. So uh, we'll get some things cleaned up, but I thought they really played at a high level. Yeah, the Jags ran for 159 yards yesterday, worked out to 5.5 yards per carry. That's not good. But 75 of those 159 came on one series. Yeah, you take one. that you take that away. What is it, 80 yards? Yeah, it was, I mean, he was 80-something yards after that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, James Robinson had 66 yards alone on that one drive. And I agree with you. J.J. Watt had his best game yesterday as a member of the Cardinal. Byron Murphy obviously had a potential NFC defensive player of the week type performance. And maybe he will win it in the NFC. Yeah, I think you're right on Miles Garrett. But he's though. the AFC. Yeah, AFC, NFC. Right, I, I wasn't, right, I wasn't right. thinking AFC, NFC. So he's your AFC Defensive Player of the he, Week, and potentially Byron Murphy is your NFC Defensive I Player I think of the I week. saw something where Murph, that's the first time that a that the a Cardinals players had multiple interceptions since Antoine Bethea in 2017. I read the same So you thing. went 18, 19, and 20 without anybody having two interceptions in a game. So first time since Antoine Bethea in 2017, you had a multiple interception game by a defensive player. Yeah. And, you know, he said, my biggest thing is getting a defensive call and making sure I see my read. Um, seeing what type of formation they're in, get the defensive play, play my role in that call. When the ball comes, the ball came. I just had to make a play. I told myself I had to make up for the last two games. He went out there and made a play. He that's made a, a play. huge play. That, 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 that's, a, that's the turning point play of the game. Robert Alford could have had a pick. Oh, I know. Marco Wilson yeah. could have had a pick. And once again, it, we he didn't play a great game last weekend. You You pointed that out earlier. You were right. But yesterday, Jordan Hicks was a whirling dervish of a football player. That dude was everywhere yesterday. He ended up with 12 total tackles, either solo tackles or assisted tackles. 12 tackles, a sack, a quarterback hit, a pass defense, a forced fumble. The pass defense was a big one, too. Yes, it was. A big pass defense. Um, Came later in the game, and he had great coverage on 
can't remember exactly what it is. I knock my uh, my mic off. Well, that's how heavy the handy dandy notebook is. It's, yeah, it turned yeah, off the just, microphone. Just at the, yeah, I just, there was a there was a, <laughs> taking uh, paperweight to a whole new level. <laughs> Seriously, right? And I just shut my mic off with a notebook. <laughs> my notebook shut the mic off. How about that? The notebook had power. Yeah, it had it's power. Those moments as a producer where you perk your ears up You're a little like, bit more because you don't hear anything anymore. What happened? Why can't I hear Gambo? What's wrong? Oh, it's just his handy dandy notebook. Mm. It turned off his own microphone. Did you find? Yeah, I, I can't I, find it. But I, there was a there was a nice there, there was a nice defensive play by Hicks. It was a big part in the game, and you know he made a nice uh, a nice play. He's played well. I mean, for a guy that was you know, basically told you can't compete for a starting job, and he asked for a trade. I mean, he's 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 played well. He has played really. Buda like, almost had an interception too. Um, I, you know, I got Buddha for almost having an interception at one point. So they had a they had a couple of near misses on these on those interceptions. Rookie quarterbacks, like you said about Trevor Lawrence, he 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 didn't he had moments yesterday. I thought the touchdown pass to Chark was was really really pretty. And then, and then Marco Wilson was playing a little shallow on that. Yeah, that other one. remember when Simmons stripped Farrell? Simmons stripped him. Yes. And then that was where Buddha. It wasn't an intercept. He almost had the fumble. Almost had the fumble. And then the very next play was when Trevor Lawrence did actually yes. fumble. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's when he yeah. fumbled the ball over. He hit Robinson and, and Chandler Jones recovered. Yeah, I mean the Cards defense. You can you can. Yeah, look. I like it. I like it. I mean, just eye test, right? Do you like the Cardinals? I like the Cardinals defense. I like it. Pass rush is pretty good. Golden JJ Watt, Chandler Jones. They could do better with the run. Secondaries. Not a concern for me right now. It was a big concern coming in, but it's 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 held up. It's been pretty good. Yeah. Now let's see what they do against Cooper Cup next week, okay? Because that I mean, you know, that's going to be a, a, a big challenge. But they've gone up against good running backs. They've gone up against good wide receivers. They've gone up against a couple of decent decent quarterbacks. Decent quarterbacks. Haven't gone up against a good Stafford will probably be the best quarterback they're facing. The Rams will be the best team they're facing. So it'll be a big challenge. These next three weeks will be a big challenge. And you know, maybe in three weeks we're like, oh my god, I hate this defense. <laughs> but right now, after three games, I like this defense. Yeah. I think this defense has been pretty good. That's just what I was going to say. There's a, you look at the stats and you look at the eye test, and the eye test, I've been pretty happy with it too. When we come back, the Western Conference champs are back, but not everybody was with the Phoenix Suns today for media day as they start training camp. Gambo says this absence might not actually be the worst thing in the world, and we'll explain why next on the Burns and Gambo Show. All right, very few things in this world that can get us talking about something other than the Arizona Cardinals when they're off to a 3-0 and start and one of only five undefeated teams left in the NFL. That thing is the Phoenix Suns, who reported today for training camp. Today was media day, and the defending Western Conference champions, who were two wins away from winning their first ever NBA championship, mm. are back at it starting again in, if it feels like it's been a real quick turnaround... It was a really quick turnaround. Last season ended late because they started late, and this season they decided to start on time. So the Phoenix Suns didn't get much of a break at all, which is exactly why you are not bothered in the least that Devin Booker was not there today because of health and safety protocols. Nah, I mean, listen, he says he's fine, right? He's got no symptoms. He just can't smell or taste anything. He goes, he'll be back. He'll be back very quickly. I think any time you could buy him an extra couple of days here, I would I would have done that anyway. I would have said, you report a week after everybody else or five days after everybody else um, because I'm just trying to get him as much rest as he can, knowing it, uh, that it's going to be a grind because it's back to 82 games, knowing that he played a, a grind of a season last year with all the games they played and then the Olympics. So I would I would be looking at that. I mean, it's 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 crazy to think that we're you know so close to 
the season starting against the Denver Nuggets at home. It's Wednesday, October 20th. That's the first game. I mean, we are three weeks from three weeks from this Wednesday, is three it? Weeks from three this weeks Wednesday. from this Wednesday. The Suns will be, begin the season. Crazy. Yeah. Three weeks from this. Here's Devin Booker on his Twitch channel. Honestly, yeah, I'm feeling straight, man. The only thing that I'm doing with no taste, no smell, which is the worst part of it, but... I'm about a weekend. I'm going to be back in no time, no time, no time. Yeah, that was him on his Twitch yeah. channel. So what, what, have you ever posted anything on your Twitch channel? That would be a negative ghost No, you writer. haven't posted I, anything I, on your I, Twitch I, channel? Have you, have you posted anything on yours at all when you're playing Jeff, video you guys, games? Jeff, Mitch, you guys, you guys have Twitch channels? Well, so we don't use it like he does. We don't stream. We use our accounts to watch Devin Booker stream. Okay. It's kind of like, um, no, because I'm, I'm curious here. Because my wife's my wife showed me that Devin Booker's got COVID and he posted on his Twitch channel. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what a Twitch channel was, to be honest with you. I know what Instagram is and Facebook and Twitter and <laughs> like I know a lot of that stuff. I know um I, I know a lot of the the social media things. I I don't know what a Twitch channel is. Twitch is a platform used for like YouTube. The, kind of that's for content creators to do live streaming. A lot of it centered around video games, but there's basically anything and everything that you I just live called it up, Twitch. and all I'm seeing is video games. That I just put Twitch channel, and everything is a video game. I just want our audience to know real quick that I knew exactly what a Twitch channel was. But you don't I, know I, who I don't, Donna Summer I, I, is. Come I don't, on, I don't want to get lumped into this because this, this is this is all this is all you, man. I I knew what you knew this what was. it is. How did you know? Like I just knew. Okay. I just knew. I knew that. But no, but you, you know, never I, watched it, right? I, no, I've never watched it, but I remember last year, wasn't it? No, 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 no. It was a year and a half ago when when Rudy Gobert tested positive for COVID and the world stopped. Okay. Remember? Booker Devin was live on his Twitch and he bleeped the heck out of it. Devin that's Booker what he was, was on? Live? Yes. He, he was, was on Twitch. And that's the night I learned about oh, Twitch. But he was playing video just, games. But that's that's what most people do. Oh. That's what most people do. Most people are live streaming themselves playing their video game and Who people cares? like Mitch or Jeff will jump on to hear what I, they have to say. And I mean, so, it's like watching... Why would somebody want to watch somebody play video games? It makes no sense to me. Why would somebody want to watch somebody run 109 yards from one end zone to the other every Sunday? It's a video because that's real. That's really happening. A video game is fake. It's fake. Gambo. I know. It's a video game. A guy, Agnew really ran for 109 yards. That was all real. People are watching people play video games. And Devin Booker just, actually man, fights yeah. to be the number one player this in is every why, this is This is night. why companies can't get people to work today. This is why everywhere I go, we're, we're hiring, we're hiring, we're hiring. <laughs> My wife went to Panera yesterday and had a sign like, "We're sorry if 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 we take a long time, we just don't have enough employees." Like I like I get like this is why people aren't working. Hey, you want to work? No, man, I'm gonna stay home and watch Twitch and play video well, games. Wait, and watch wait, wait, Twitch. wait, wait, we've got two people on the other side of the glass who have acknowledged watching Twitch. What are they doing? What are you both doing right now? Oh, you're working. That's right. And then you right ask- after this, I'm playing video games. And, and, and you're Man. working, right? I mean, come on. Don't you go Everybody's lump everybody. hiring you right now. Go, no, you can't get employees right now. You can't go lump right everybody into the, some category and saying, oh, you young people who are watching people it's on Twitch. a lot Twitch of young people or- that aren't working right now because they're probably on Twitch or so, something that aren't working. But that's when I learned about Twitch because Devin Booker, I remember that. He was like, oh, wait, what? What happened? And then he started bleeping out. Everything was like, bleep this, bleep that. Oh, my God, I can't believe the season's done. And, and it, then I didn't know what a Twitch channel was, but I learned about it. I know it. what Marco Polo is. I got a Marco Polo account. I got a, um, I got a TikTok account. I got Instagram. Well, you got to get a Twitch account. I got account. Twitter. I got Facebook. I got all of that stuff. I, I, don't, I just don't know that I will. I can say right now, I don't think I'll ever have a, have a Twitch account. Well, 
then I don't think so. You'll be missing out on all the fun content that's out there for you. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton was on with Wolf and Luke today as part of Media Day. Um, he hasn't gotten that extension yet, that potential max extension. More on that in a moment. Is it on his mind? I just want to represent my city, my team, and you know I'm expecting something to get done so that we as a team can finish what we started, which is bringing a championship to Phoenix. Follow-up question. So, Dia, you're not worried about the contract situation at all? Is that accurate to say? My my, my, my agents and stuff can do, you know, deal with that. Okay, here is the rest of the story, if you will. Today, Michael Porter Jr. became the fourth member of the 2018 draft class to get a max contract I'm, extension. I'm just floored. I mean, I'm just floored. There's a lot of things flooring just you this a, segment. Twitch accounts and Michael Porter Jr. getting Michael paid. Michael Porter Jr. is not that good. You're, you're easily floored over there. That's not a max player. No, it's not. That's not a max. He's a three-point shooter with size. He can't defend for... It's a terrible defensive player. There's no way Michael Porter Jr. should be a max player. There's no way that he... I'm sh- I am floored that Michael Porter Jr. got a max deal. Luka Doncic, Trey Young... Deserving, deserving. Shai Gilgis-Alexander. I wouldn't have given him one. I, wouldn't have, I like him, but I wouldn't have given him one. Michael Porter Jr. Those are the four out of 2018's draft class that hasn't. And if, Aiden's if, more deserving than Shea Gilgis-Alexander or Michael Porter Jr. He's more deserving. And if I'm DeAndre Aiton's agent, I am now completely, totally holding out for a max contract extension and will accept nothing less from the Phoenix Suns. I, I, mean, based I, don't, off of the, I don't think that they will accept anything yeah, less. Just based off of the principle that if Michael Porter Jr. is worth a max extension, my guy's worth a max extension because he's better. Uh, if Shai Gilgis-Alexander is worth one, my guy's worth one. You could say Trey Young, you could say Luka Doncic, and you'd probably be right that those guys deserve one over DeAndre Ayton, but if we're putting... and maybe Okay, Shai Gilgis-Alexander, he's really good, so I, maybe I don't want to lump him really in the good. same category. Michael Porter Jr., I do want to lump into that category and say, man, if that dude's getting one, I should get one. And on the Suns, I'm sure they would love to get DeAndre Ayton in at something less than a max, and I would bet they've been dangling some really nice financial packages in front of him to try to get him to bite on something less than a max, because if they had offered him the max, DeAndre Ayton would be signed to a max contract yesterday. They haven't. They clearly haven't gone there yet, because if you're offered that, if you're Ayton, what else is there to hold out for? There's nothing really else to negotiate. I still think it's going to get done before the start of the season. I still think DeAndre Ayton will be a max player because I do think there's a benefit to the Suns to getting this done and showing their locker room that they're willing to get this done for a guy like Ayton. I know it's expensive, but I think eventually they're going to have to do it one way or another. Yeah, and then you've got Mikhail Bridges. Yeah. You got there's two guys that are eligible for these contract extensions. And he's not gonna get a max, but he's gonna get a hundred no. million over four. But if I'm looking if I'm his agent, I'm looking like, okay, Michael Porter Jr., like, okay. Like I mean, he's better than me. He scores like twenty points a game. Um, but Mikhail is I, I God I might I, I almost would rather have Mikhail Bridges than Michael Porter Jr. I'm just not a Mike I don't like Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> I think I'd rather have Mikhail Bridges. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, from Christian Kirk to A.J. Green, the wide receiver room for the Cardinals has one thing they have not had in years, diversity, options. That's next on the Burns and Gambo show.